Yo, I'm Chad. And this is Eric. And together we are... Jamblin! So, dude. That's how we roll. Dude. We I roll wanna... like this. <laughs> I just want to take a moment of silence for this morning for the the worst sounding and yet also coolest uh, accident that just happened up in Scotland. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about a moment of silence for Paul Walker. Oh, well, that was... that's why I was saying, that's why we roll. <laughs> we roll like this. If you were a Fast and Furious fan, you know they played that song in the end credits of Fast and Furious 5. I, I don't know what it is this morning, man, but like bad things always come in threes. So uh, the Metro North, which is the train system in uh, in New York City, derailed. Oh, geez. Uh, almost onto a, 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 the Hudson River. Wow. Yes. So that's nuts. So like one of the trains out of like the eight trains was like feet away from going into the, the water. Oh, now, that that just happened this morning, Sunday morning. They make a cool movie stunt. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. And you, you just like I'm like, you know, Spider Man did that with like a train one time. You know, like stop the train, and you know, like and then all people were like, we're cool with you, Spider Man, mm-hmm. teenager Spider Man. But then and and then Paul Walker, rest in peace, man. Ironically, you know, all the jokes just flooding in this morning about like Fast and Furious and dying in a car crash, et cetera, et cetera. Well. We here at the Jumpman Podcast are not going to joke about it. I will point out the fact that he got in a car with his uh, race car friend, mm-hmm. and uh, they, it was a single car accident, and the police said speed was a factor as there it you go. lost control and hit a tree and hit a lamppost. So well, I'm not going to speculate. I'll let uh, you know the facts come out, but it, it sounds like they may have been going a little fast, and uh, I'm sure they're still going to do the movie. Sure. Because it makes a zillion dollars, and uh, Vin Diesel is more of the star at this point. But um, hopefully they, um, you know, use that opportunity to really, uh, you know, there's got to be some kind of speed kills PSA going on. So Right. Well, exactly. And, you know, like that's the one thing you can do to um, to save everybody on the road is slow down because speeding causes accidents. End of story. Maybe they'll just, I mean, I'll be curious to see what they do. Like, because I, I think they were already already starting filming so i wonder if i mean they should just write it into the movie and be like yeah he was going fast and hitting a car crash and he didn't just get up and walk away he uh-huh. died because that's what happens in car crashes exactly so you i know, don't like, know like I, I remember like one of the best parts of the last action hero is like uh outside of the movie arnold is like like gonna do chicken with these guys and he's in like i don't know like a buick and they're in like this big truck, and the kids like, "This is not a movie, man. People die in car crashes in real life." Yep. And they smash together, and Arnold's like, "Ha ha ha! We had airbags, and we were wearing our seatbelts." Yeah, or maybe at the end of the new Fast and Furious movie, after they defeated the bad guy, someone challenges Vin Diesel to a race, and mm-hmm. he goes, "No, fuck that." racing stupid you know or, or or he's like i'll never race again or something you know kind of like yeah it's kind of dumb mm-hmm. you know that's not as cool as it as i thought it was i mean yeah <clears throat> who, who knows i mean well all, know how- all we do know is that uh, i've seen all over the social media it's like oh fast and furious is done it's like i'm sorry guys it's not done no it's uh it's making a shit ton of money you know and the rock is now in the franchise you know, Paul Walker wasn't as quite as big a star as he was in the earlier movies, so I'm sure that Fast and Furious Seven is still going to happen. No way! And for for some reason, it's just like sports, just like NASCAR, where like death and destruction will only bring more interest. Yeah. Just like you know, uh, Heath Ledger's Joker, like everybody was talking about it, like going into the movie because he passed away. Yeah. Although he delivered a performance of a lifetime. Well, exactly. You know, and yeah. it was because of that performance. You know, like that was like one of the reasons that uh, that he went. You know, like. He went crazy and couldn't sleep and started ODing on sleeping pills. Yeah. By the way, I'm totally sick. If my voice doesn't sound as peppy as usual, I'm like yes. boogering like crazy over here. So occasionally I'll be pausing to blow my nose and uh, cough up a loogie or two. But well, let's let's well let's oh, well what well I actually wanted to do a moment of silence. Yes, to Scotland. That's right because it's like <coughs> all right. So so danger zone happened with the train this morning and the car crash. But, like, the most, like, the craziest accident I think I've ever heard in, like, the last 10 years is a heli- a police helicopter crashing into a bar. Into a pub. That's just, like, nuts. Oh, I thought that happened in Russia. 
Oh, no, Scotland. Oh, see, I I read about it and thought it happened in Russia. I was like, well, whatever. Crazy shit happens there all the time. <laughs> I'm just surprised it wasn't a tank. So I, I, just, I just dismissed it. I didn't realize it was in Scotland. I guess it is a little weirder now. Oh, yeah. No, so, all right, moment of silence. And there, there we go. And thank you very much. That's how what, we roll. What a crazy accident, dude. We you're sitting like there. You're, you're you're in the pub. You're eating some fish and chips. You're drinking a Guinness, and then suddenly a helicopter comes through the roof. Yeah, I mean, if you <sighs> and, and most of the people survived. I think like one person died. Yes. That I mean, I can just imagine that drone call too. Oh, you know, you're never gonna fucking believe this. Yeah, I, know. I swear to God, I'm sitting there. And a fucking helicopter comes to the bar. It's like, sleep it off, drunkie. No, Yo. fucking, I'm real this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Jackson has to use the bathroom. That's right. <laughs> I'm sure there was, like, you know, like, the, the one guy with, like, you know, the gin blossom nose sitting in the corner, sees the helicopter come in, doesn't even blink, and just yeah. continues to drink. Yeah, he's like, let me know if aliens were flying it. <laughs> Otherwise, shut up. That's anyway, how we roll. It's, it's crazy, but it's also like crazy action movie kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I just wanted to point that out this morning. Good morning. All right. Um, I have a video game court uh, case for us later today. I was so ready to jump all over. One of the maniacs suggested we did we do Final Fantasy VIII. And I was like, ah, you know, I don't know if, if Eric can, can be a judge on that one. Why don't you do like a... A quick two-minute one, since we respect the fans' opinions, and I watched you play some of it. So why okay. don't why don't we do like a quick one, and then I'll do the real video game court, the main it, case for today. You know what? It, there you go. We'll, we'll call it a summary judgment. Yes. <laughs> All right. Summary judgment. Final Fantasy VIII. You were riding high. Square Enix, you could do no wrong. You had Final Fantasy VI, which is one of the best games, one of the best RPGs ever made, and it was on the system of RPGs, the Super Nintendo. He transitioned into 3D with Final Fantasy VII, and it was great. It was There were commercials on TV, and you never saw video game commercials on TV ever. Mm. Uh, and they were like, it was high octane. Uh, like 3D graphics, motion graphics happening in the background while you interacted with it in the foreground. And at the very end of the game, Final Fantasy VII, we saw a glimpse of what the next game would be because the final battle had like the graphics for that between like Cloud and Sephiroth were actually like realistic and cool looking. Yeah. As opposed to like the blocky, weird, uh, like Marshmallow Man that Cloud was for the most of the game. Right. So, Final Fantasy VIII, the commercials were coming out, and we're like, oh my god, look at this. It's like Final Fantasy VII, except, like, the end-of-the-game graphics. Like, they actually got it right. They got this, like, famous designer to do all the costumes. Like, the the, the chicks are looking hot, and not just, like, like, like god, like, Final Fantasy VII Tifa goes between, like, marshmallow and, like, gigantic marshmallow. Uh, but, like, she's wearing, like, this, t- this, this uh, tank top with just, like, weird proportions happening. Okay. So the realist, there was like it was much more realistic characters, and like the music was still like rocking, still a great soundtrack. But the uh, and the gameplay, uh, that's where it starts to to take a, a stumble. I went through the entire game, Eric, without without understanding how to play the game. It was only that I got to the final battle did I understand that I had screwed up and was shooting myself in the foot the entire game. Uh, and that is the terrible, terrible, terrible draw system. So, so uh, Final Fantasy VII, you get these things called materia, which you then junction onto your weapons and armor. Right. Right. Yep. And then you, and then you can level up the materia by using it. Mm-hmm. Right. That makes perfect sense. Final Fantasy VIII, your stats and the magic were determined by how many magics you had. This draw system where you had to physically hit a, a draw command to draw magic out of monsters you could get up to 99 of that so like if you say you want to use the fire spell you could just get the fire spell once and use it and it would suck or you could draw 99 of those fire spells out of some fire monster and then you would have like awesome fire magic all right so there's that <clears throat> i didn't understand that i know there was like a tutorial but i was like all right whatever and at the end of the game I'm like god i'm just 
I've just not done any damage to monsters through this whole entire game. Why is this game so hard? Sounds like and it's your fault, not the game's fault. It's you just the ad- game's you just fault. admitted that you skipped a tutorial. No, no, no. So no, no, no. you're gonna, I'm saying you're that gonna judge it just like, because you're a dumbass? <laughs> no. I'm saying that like all right, who wants to draw ninety nine fire spells out of a monster? Nobody. But that's what you had to do in that game in order to like make it like an easy experience. You had to just grind, grind grind okay and that's and imagine how many spells there are hundreds of spells and you had to do it for every single one all right clearly i need to be the defense attorney in this case all right step on up i'm gonna step bar i'm gonna take take this out your honor this case needs to be dismissed oh exhibit a the awesome card mini game boom the game was pretty sweet case closed the card mini game was the fucking best it was awesome they should have it. You should. It should be a downloadable app for your smartphone just to play that card game. That was the best card game of all time. Suck a dick, Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> that was the best. We don't even need to go any farther than that, but I will. Step two, bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. Boom. You are. You could be a bounty hunter in the beginning of the game. You go do whatever you want, man. You find all these bounties. Go do them. Go do all these side missions. Level up out in the desert. Fucking hold on. Cool. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. That, that's Final Fantasy X uh, and above. Really. Yes. Wait, are you sure? Yes, I'm dead sure. Okay, sorry, sorry. Strike that from the record. Thank you. The jury will not hear those comments. <laughs> okay, fine. I got the last one. Ready? Mm-hmm. We got airship. We got airship. We got airship. Bam. We got airship. Airships, Did we have an yo. Airship? What? Wasn't Final Fantasy VIII all in the airships? Nah. Final yeah. Fantasy VII was in an airship. No. Final Fantasy VIII, they were just like running around the ground all the time. No, no, no hang on, hang on. They did have... The Balam Garden, uh, which a third of the way, th- three quarters of the way through the game, you could then just like choose where you wanted to go. No, what was the Final Fantasy with the airship and there was like the scouts were in it and shit? The scouts? Yeah. Nah, those Final Fantasy 7, dude. Or or 10. No, it wasn't 7, though. It was a later one. You were like, you were, you were going around on this different. There was like airship battles. I just don't, I do not remember that. Fuck! I remember going in airships. I remember there was there was like scouts or something, and and you had to like talk to shit. And there was like you were on like the best airship. What the what's the fucking one with the airships? Uh, they all well, they all have an airship, but like some of them, you know, kind of like uh, and there was, don't let you on there for a while. Who was like the captain of the airship? Was kind of like an animal. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm not making this shit up. I mean, I I drank a lot of cough syrup this morning. All right, so you get an airship in Final <laughs> Fantasy VIII, but but you only use it for like one mission, which is like the pe- the the Pandora like conundrum I mission. Just, and, I just remember everyone it. running around and they're all wearing like blue blue uniforms. That's it. And they're all like, "Oh, what do we do?" All right, all right. Let's let so so my my memory of the third quarter of the game. The last quarter of the game is a little fuzzy, but yes, you do get an airship towards the the end of the game. It's this red dinosaur-looking thing. Airships are the best. All right. Even like I said, even in my drug-addled state right now, I could be slightly wrong, but it all comes back to card mini game. Boom. I will, I will, I will dismiss your card mini game with this fact: you could not lose in that card mini game, or it was all over. That's if what you made. Lost that's what made it card awesome. mini game. It was like Pokemon, where like like you're dead. In the old Pokemon, where like all right, you cannot fail or it's all over. Because if you failed in the card mini game, uh, the enemy would steal your best card. Yes, that's forever. what made it. That's what made it fucking awesome, dude. Like balls to the wall, right there. Real consequences. You had to fucking play it like Han Solo playing a game of uh, Sabic or however you say it. That's fucking <laughs> real, dude. Like you didn't you didn't know what the computer was gonna come with with what cards and stuff. Like that's why real consequences made it awesome. You're like oh shit, dude. Which what card are you gonna play? Where are you gonna put it down, yo? It's gonna be so tough. And like, and you lose your best card. That was so cool. And if you won, you stole whatever you wanted from them. You lose a card. Oh well. Guess you better go bust down and uh, beat some low lifes with their cards and work your way back up. It was so cool. All right, I'm 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 just going to move on to the poor, poor controllers. Uh, there were PS1 controllers destroyed because of this game. And it's we, because it wasn't one of the terrible gameplay choices, which was, okay, they give you summon monsters, just like Final Fantasy VII with the long-ass summons. Uh-huh. Uh, summon monsters, you can summon them, they come in, they fart a little bit, you know, like, um, you know, meteors, monsters, dragons. You can find summon monsters, etc. But halfway through a summon... 
which is like this cutscene that you could not skip, um, was um, all of a sudden there's a little square at the bottom of the corner, at the bottom of your video screen, and you had to jam on the square button in order to build up your summon's power, or else it would be like a weak attack. So you could have the best monster ever, but if you didn't hit that square button like a million times in order to build up the power, destroying your controller and your fingers in the process, it wouldn't be worth jack. And no. it's one of the worst summon systems in all Final Fantasy. I have to be honest, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> Guilty or Guilty. innocent. Guilty. <laughs> I mean, I just love that minigame. They just need to separate the minigame from Final Fantasy VIII, and I'm cool. Exactly, and I think that's what... Um, in fact, if they haven't done that yet, they should, because it's just such an easy idea. Yeah. You know, like, do it online. Why not? Let's forget that the game ever happened. The the I don't even get into the story. The story is terrible. It only makes sense through fan fiction where people are saying, like, oh, I have this theory that makes the entire game make way more sense. Mm-hmm. Where, where, like, the main character is actually dead and the other main character that he was sort of kind of angstly in love with is actually the, the final boss of the game in the end, even though it doesn't really happen in the game. Mm. Well, it was awful. All right, so we'll toss that one out of there. Guilty. Guilty. Feed it to the shark decons. Rawr, 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 rawr. All right, here's one for you. And okay. I picked this one. I, I don't know. I feel like I, I want some hard cases here. So you're initially <laughs> going to have a ruling instantly in your mind. You're going to say guilty. But, we're, okay. but like I said, that's why we're having video game court. we got to analyze it from all different aspects. All right. Okay? I present to you. The original home port of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Wait, wait. The the home port or the first game? Well, basically the first Ninja Turtles game. Okay, so but the one well, the one that we played on Commodore and the Nintendo one that everyone remembers. Right, and what, that's why I said home port, like not arcade. The first ever Ninja Turtles game was the awesome, awesome, awesome Ninja Turtles arcade game, which still holds up to this day. Mm-hmm. It's the best. We love it. And then, so when we found out that a Ninja Turtle game was coming to, you know, the Commodore computer to the Nintendo, we were like, yes, we're so pumped. And it, when we got it, we we're like, eh? It was not the arcade game. Right. So that's why I feel like this needs to go to video game court because it was technically, it felt like a sequel almost. We were excited because we were pumped over the arcade version. Here comes this totally different game to, uh, up to we played in our house. Right, and you know we'd all remembered having so much fun. You play four player at the same time in the arcade, and this mm-hmm. was this was a time where like arcade machines far surpassed home consoles. Yeah, the graphics were so much better. And right, but actually, you know, and and it's it's worth noting that uh, that the sequel to this awful game, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two, the arcade game, that port was actually good. It was like a port of the arcade game, and it and it actually lived up to our, the expectations. Right, but we got to talk about this first one. So the first this one, crazy is, first one. <laughs> let, let, uh, I'm just gonna lead with if the angry video game nerd makes a video about how god awful a game is, uh-huh. you know it's bad. Yeah, but he's also very angry. <laughs> Ex- but his points are totally valid, and and it's one of the hardest games. You will ever play. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, you've got the four turtles. Uh, it's one player, uh, but you can play as any of them. You can switch out whenever you want. And uh, their health—they each—they they have individual health bars. But if one of them gets real low and you switch him out, when you bring him back, he still has that low health. It doesn't regenerate or anything. That's right. And so, so technically, you can play as everybody, but uh, there's only one character that you actually want to play as, and that's Donatello. Well, Donatello is pretty awesome, and his bow staff has quite the reach. Just, yeah, he d- he just does, like he does, my bow staff. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does machines, whatever that means. But, you yeah, know, his, his bow staff is so freakishly long that you can literally cheat to kill the first boss, Rocksteady. Yeah. Which is like, it's this well-known technique where, like, you jump onto this high box and then just bonk him in the head, and he can't even get to you. Yes. Where... Like, contrasting that, Raphael, who has the tiny little size, is terrible. Because everything in this game takes multiple hits to kill. Like, everything. And if you're Mm. close, you're going to get hit. And he has to get really close. It's interesting. A lot of people say that art imitates life. And my favorite Ninja (laughs) Turtle was Donatello, and your favorite was Raphael. That's right. And Raphael was always, like... He was always frustrated and 
angry and just you know he and in the movie he was like damn <laughs> all right so we, when we got this video game we played it out of love for the ninja turtles but we were clearly frustrated trying to play it frustrated but be, be like our love of the franchise overruled that frustration so we yeah. played the game over and over and over again and actually never beat it we got we got uh god i want to say i got far in that game because we got past like all right so all right so so levels in video game history that are notoriously hard let's see uh level one silver surfer um the uh the the bike stage from battle toads mm-hmm. right uh the ice stage from blaster master and the uh the dam stage from ninja turtles nes swimming through the water with all this pink electrifying coral and the 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 pathway to not get touched by the coral is so small <laughs> that it's like oh, playing a game of operation with a toothpick it, it's just it's blatantly unfair and you basically have to sacrifice at least one of your guys to get through because there are points where you will get touched by the electric yeah. things no matter what and every time that you get electrocuted it kind of bounces you uh like into the next bit yeah where you're going to get electrocuted again yeah so we eventually just had we got so good at playing the game that you basically had to go to the damn stage with your turtles at pretty much all full maximum health you just had to run past all the bad guys and then you didn't even. And then when you got to the damn stage, don't even try and dodge because that just takes precious time. Just crush right through, right through the pink coral, and just let it zap you, just to try and get from point A to point B as fast as you could, and and lose that's, and lose a couple turtles. That's right, and it's it, it's not just about surviving. But was wait, wait, was there a timer? I believe there were bombs that you had to disable in order to get through the stage. Yeah. So it's like it, it, there's so much against you, and you're underwater. It's mm-hmm. a terrible underwater stage. So it's like you can't even like whoop like like whoop on some monsters. But so let, let's rewind the clock for a second. The not, the worst part of this game is not uh, how the characters suck or that terrible stage or how hard it is. It's poorly designed. Uh, uh, it's just like cruel about where they stick the monsters in this game. Uh, there's instant death all over the place where the the turtles who swim in water in one level die if you get into water in another one. Oh, that's true. And there's a notorious, there's like two notorious jumps in the first area that are near impossible to get through, defying all laws of video game logic. And the first is like, uh, it's just, I'll just describe it to you. So you get into this level, you're on the left bottom corner of the stage. You have to go all the way to the right, up, and then all the way to the left to where you can see the opening part of the stage. And there's a hole in the floor, so you just have to jump over the hole to get to a ladder to leave, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But it's so hard. It's insanely hard to jump that, that like every single time you're going to fall down into the hole and the monsters respawn. So you have to fight all the way back to the right and then up and then all the way back to the left just for the for, for the uh, pleasure, I guess, of trying this impossible jump again. Mm. Jump, number, wait, jump number two is... Is like you, you. There are many levels that you just don't have to go into. You're trying to find the one that'll advance you to the next stage, and the one that will do it. We played this game. We played the first area uh, uh, thousands of times, trying to find the right level. And I was like, Nah, you know, there's this, there's this underground uh, part where it's like it's insanely hard. It looks like you can't even jump over to get to this ladder. Maybe it's like a secret area. Nah, that can't really be the right one. Mm-hmm. You know <clears throat> what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. It was the right one, and it's like a one in a million chance that you will get your turtle over this insane jump instead of falling into the water and instantly dying. That's true. Now, and we also have to remember there are were a couple stages where you're actually driving around in the turtle van to get to the I different never, parts. I never got to those. Oh, well, see, that's as far as I got. Like, I got past the dam level, and I actually got to a turtle van stage where I just eventually lost all my health. And the or the gas in the car or something because they just didn't know where to go. Hmm. We drove around in the turtles in the city over a bridge and we just got stuck and we didn't know where to go and that's as far as I ever got in the game because we couldn't find the next uh, the next level from the van. You know, I, it must have been right around there because I got to the I got to the boss that looks like a turtle, hmm. and Splinter is like tied up. And here comes this turtle, and you have to fight him, and he's got all your powers, except he's, like, 
near invincible and there's no like gauge of if you're actually harming him or not mm. and it turns out to be like a robot okay like this weird yellow robot uh i defeated him like the one time i got to him beat him just barely got to the next stage and instantly died because it was just there were like lasers and just uh, enemy patterns that are just random it's just crazy and i've seen i've seen videos uh, of people going past that getting to the technodrome and the technodrome is even harder well let me uh let me speak in defense of this game the hating mm-hmm. the hating must be put on pause here for a second uh, okay all right okay here's a couple things one killing foot soldiers was fun uh did you ever fight a foot soldier in this game because i don't remember that what they're all Zero across the screen soldiers. what are you talking about well, what what were they? Just like regular robots in this cage? I remember they're all different colors, they're, weren't they? They're like mousers. I mean, I guess they're technically foot soldiers, but they just look like these weird alien guys that are like all purple. Yeah, but I mean, killing them was fun, except for the ones with the boomerangs, I think. Those ones sucked. They, uh, they were just terrible. Oh. All right. Fine. Let's go this route, then. Mm-hmm. Let's pretend the game is not called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right, let's, let's let's pretend it's called Punch You in the Balls. No, let's pretend it's called Stealth Ninjas. Uh-huh. Or a spin-off of Ninja Gaiden. Okay. Okay, that I could see. Right. Now just pretend it's a game. You could barely tell there were ninjas and there were turtles anyways. So let's just pretend you were like, "Hey, here's a ninja game. It's hard like a lot of games back then, uh which makes some people happy." Um and you got four different ninjas you can pick from, dude, and like you can switch them in and out whenever you want and stuff, and uh, they've all got different weapons. What, and once you play that game, if someone was like, yo, this is a ninja game, there's four of them, all different weapons, switch them in and out. There weren't a lot of games you could do that where you could switch out your players while you're game playing. That sounds pretty I, cool, right? I mean, I've seen that done, but I've seen it done way better. Like, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, the other, uh, God, I'm trying to remember, like uh, Bucky O'Hare had a system like that. But it made a lot of sense. Like, hey, you got to switch to this guy to use this power to get past the stage. Not like, hey, this guy is a gimp and you never want to use him, so sacrifice him whenever you get a chance. Right. Well, I'm just saying, I'm, I feel like some of the blame for this game is because it's associated with Ninja Turtles. And if you stripped away the name Turtles, you stripped away their green color, made them gray, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was just a ninja game, maybe it doesn't quite get so much hate. That's why I, that's why I brought it to Video Game Court, thinking... You know, forget that you're rescuing a rat. Okay. Let's just pretend you're rescuing a really hairy uncle. <laughs> there is a video uh-huh. there is a video game babe in there that you have to also rescue. Sure. And there's like a really fucking silver samurai looking motherfucker yes. you gotta take out. And a bunch of thugs. And you've got four different ninjas with different capabilities to do with. And it's just really hard. Like a lot of games back then. So, with that being said, now what do you think? I think nobody would play that game because nobody cares. The only yes, the only reason people <laughs> played this hard ass game and remember how terrible it was is because yeah. it was Ninja Turtles and we were into it. True, but that doesn't really defend the game at all. Well, you know that that just means that they failed on a level that was really epic because so many people wanted this to be a great game. You know, it wasn't like ET where like somebody was just trying to cash in. It was like they were cashing in and all of our hopes and dreams were riding on this thing. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching a long play where somebody's actually playing the whole game as as Raphael. Mm-hmm. He just entered the the lake level after doing that impossible jump, and I'm just like, God, these awful memories. I mean, it's true. When when, when you're a kid, you suck at video games. It's it's true. Yeah. And that's why you know, like the the white tanuki uh, suit in the new Mario game is you know it's like it's for kids and people who you know just don't want to give a damn. Yeah. But like this old game was so hard, like yeah, there is a timer on the on the lake level. Okay, there's a like two, god, like two minutes and ten seconds. I want to say for you to like find all the bombs and not die, and exit the level. Yeah, I'm just saying like if it was just a regular Ninja Turtle game and it was really hard, I feel like some people would have been like, yeah, man, this ain't for kids. You got to be a badass to play this game, and then like you know. Maybe it gets a little bit of street cred. I don't know, man. See, I feel like you gotta have balance. Good games like all right, original Mario Brothers, you'd say that like that's for like kids and adults. I would say that because like everybody's played like the first few levels, but very few few people have actually beaten it. 
Yeah, I've you know, like I've never World I've, World Eight Three. I've never beaten the game, so World Eight. I think it's Eight Two or no Eight Two or Eight Three is like where I die every single time. There's just no getting past it. Mm. Yeah, it's I hard. And I am terrible at big jumps, so I hear your pain on the turtle thing. I hate jumping in games. That like I hate when jumping is what you have to do to survive to get to the next thing. It's why I can never beat ghosts and goblins. Because I'm really fucking good at throwing lances and torches at uh, zombies and witches and shit. And then it gets down to, like, moving, jumping platforms. And I'm like, fuck you. Like, Super yep. a- super NES. It's every game that I've ever made for the SNES was uh, jumping, moving platforms. And I hate it. Like, yeah, exactly. Even the fun games, like Aladdin or, like, Super Empire Strikes Back and stuff, eventually mm-hmm. you get to, like, little platforms. And I'm like, fuck you. Yep, I'm done. That's, that's where I die all the time in Minecraft is, like, falling Mm-hmm. Falling into lava and or down some like cliff. Yes. Well, falling in love with a shitty video game too. What? Ah. what are you talking about? <laughs> Whatever, dude. Yeah. Wow. I'm I'm watching this professional speedrunner guy go through the lake level and he gets hit a lot. And and it's not like a speedrun thing where he's getting hit on purpose. He's trying not to get hit mm. and he's just getting nuked over and over again. As we're recording this conversation, I'm watching the wavelengths of my voice. Uh-huh. I don't usually watch them, but I if I if I talk just right, I think I can make like a huge penis I, in <laughs> in wavelength form, a cr- go across the screen. I need the balls and the shaft and then the head. So let me experiment real quick just for my own fun. Ready? All right, all right, here we go. Right here. I got to make low balls, then I got to make a even shaft, and I got to spike up for the head. I think so. It's like balls shaft head. Yeah, I totally made a huge cack uh, out of wavelengths, out of out of wavelength. The balls were a little small, but the rest of it looked. The shaft was even, and then the the head was pretty good too. Wow! <laughs> Boom! Good, good good job, buddy. Good job. I print. I I want to move to judgment. Okay, judgment on Ninja Turtles: guilty or innocent? Guilty. Yeah, you're right. I just thought it would be an interesting debate if we stripped the turtles out of it. Ugh, it's ter- it's it's a terrible game. It's known as like being insanely hard. Uh-huh. I think the people have spoken. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, I, I I never I'm just watching this playthrough. I'm just like, God, why? I need to watch that playthrough just to see how the game ends. I need some closure. Twenty years later. <laughs> well, let me tell you, uh, un- unless it's like like a pro speedrunner playing it, I think like twenty. Uh, I think somebody beat it without dying or cheating in let's see 25 minutes and 29 seconds wow although otherwise a regular dude can beat it in an hour wow we really sucked then huh well no it's just hard yeah <laughs> terribly hard oh man but like yeah it's just, it's just painful but no he uses a lot of the um yeah, like the boomerang and stuff like that yep yeah like a lot of the uh the side items like castlevania like he's using mm-hmm. and utilizing Ugh, Castlevania. We don't even need to get in that shit. I hate fucking jumping. There dude, was... dude, everything up to Symphony of the Night sucked. Yeah. I'm not I'm not a classic gamer. I'm one of those guys who's like, I love Symphony of the Night and everything else was hard and terrible. Well, sticking on Turtles, let me break into a Thunderdump here. I do it. I know I've said many, many times that the new version of the Ninja Turtles cartoon is fucking awesome. Yes, and I've been te- every week as I watch. I usually text you little uh, bits and pieces, like to show just like how how smart the show is and how self aware it is. You know, it's sure. it constantly has references to the old movies or to the old uh, cartoon or even the old video games and stuff. Like mm-hmm. like Michelangelo, and a couple weeks ago he was like, "Go ninja, go ninja, go!" And I was like, <laughs> "Yes." Um, they had a really clever way of working uh, Razar into the series. Really? And making him cool. Really? So, yeah, so they totally fixed that blemish from Ninja Turtles 2, the movie, Secret of the Ooze. Um, but I saw this awesome one uh, yesterday. I was watching the, the latest episode, and this was so cool on two different okay. reasons. All right. With, and we, uh, name me, what was the coolest? You had all the action figures, the original action figures as a kid. What yes. was the coolest action figure bad guy that you had? I mean, Krang's android body was, even though it, it didn't have much articulation, only had four points, that was pretty awesome. Okay. Because it towered over everybody. Yes, and you could put Krang in it. Removing Krang's android body, what was the coolest bad guy you had? 
Oh, like the regular bad guy? Yes. And, I, you know, I'm, oh. I'm springing this on you, so I'm not giving you a lot of time to think about it. No, no, no. All right. It had to be Slash the Evil Turtle. Fucking right it was, motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. Boom. Man, that's why we're brothers, because we know each other so well. Slash was the fucking greatest action figure. We always were like, yo, who gets Slash? Exactly. And he was like, he was everything that you wanted the turtles to be. You know, the yeah. turtles were like nice and they kind of joked around. And Slash was like, he had spikes coming out of like a shell and like a black mask with like yellow eyes and like these sharp teeth. He had more muscles. He had like a sideways looking face. And he had like like wicked looking weapons too. Oh, yeah. Even though they were like purplish, but. Yeah. And oh, God. And talk about like. Wait, I, I really hope that they brought him into the series in a great way because the original cartoon wasted him. Oh uh, no, yeah, he was like an alien or something. It was stupid. Well, no, it was it not only was an alien, but like, but all right. So, so the the toy turtles and the cartoon turtles, there were a lot of discrepancies between like the stuff that they had printed on the box. Like even the origin story on the toy boxes were different than the origin story in the cartoon. Yeah. So slash, uh, right on his box, he said, "Pizza stinks." As kind of like this, like, you know, how how different from the Turtles is he if he hates pizza and they love it. Right. In the freaking cartoon, it was like all you had to do was, like, wave a pizza in front of his <clears> face <throat> and do whatever you'd want. And he was kind of stupid. He had he was, like, one of those guys who had, like, an IQ of, like, 87 but has, like, miraculous strength. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it turned into. All right. So let me tell you about how they did Slash here. And then I'll tell you a little nugget that they threw in that just made nerds like me happy. Okay. All right. So this slash is fucking awesome. <laughs> all right. And um, so now all the Ninja Turtles, they got their little things. Raphael actually has a pet turtle. Mm-hmm. Now this small little pet turtle. And throughout, and this is, we're on season two. So this has been long building, which is really cool. He mm-hmm. always, he, like, even though Raphael, he's like the tough badass on the season, uh, on the series. Yeah. He has a soft spot for this, for his own pet turtle. So he's all, and he calls him Spike. And he's always giving Spike some leaves, and Spike's always happily chewing them. And he always sits there and bitches to Spike. So this, uh-huh. so this episode, Raphael is so pissed at all his brothers, and he's like, he's like, man, Spike, you're the only one that gets me. He's like, God, I, I hate my brothers sometimes. He's so stupid, and like, you know, Leonardo doesn't know what he's doing. Like, you know, we need to, we need to go pound some ass <laughs> up, <laughs> up in the city. Like, I could totally, you know, I could run this town. You know, I could crush everybody. And so he's confiding in, in Spike, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so, of course, um, some mutagen gets loose because Donatello's studying it, trying to reverse mutation. And, so, right. and the little turtle gets into the mutagen. And when Raphael goes back into his room, he is turned into what we know as Slash. Ah, and he's awesome. huge. And he's like, Raphael, you're fucking right, dude. <laughs> Yo, me and you are going to form the new power team. We're going to go up. We're just going to pound bad guys in their asses all the time let's go clean yeah. up this city and Raphael's like fuck yeah man this is so cool he's like we don't even need your brothers and he's like yeah you know what you're right we don't all right let's go and uh but it, but and uh and he's like and by the way i don't want to be called spike anymore i've always wanted to be called uh-huh. slash so awesome. he takes he rips the uh an s off of like a mercedes benz you know like a really fancy car like <laughs> you know the, the the hood ornament he rips mm-hmm. it off puts it in his belt uh, puts on the black mask. Guy looks like he's ready to fuck people up. So awesome. Raphael's like, this is so cool. Now, meanwhile, the other three Ninja Turtles are trying to track down, you know, their side quest. They're in the city trying to track down some mutagen. Mm-hmm. And uh, Raph is like, oh, shit, you know, sounds like one of them's in trouble. I better go help. And Slash is like, we don't need them. He's like, sorry, my brothers come first. And so Slash is like, oh, really? I guess I better fucking kill them. <laughs> <laughs> so he, like, grabs Donatello and pulls him and Donatello's like woo and he pulls him into the shadows and beats the shit out of him damn pounds his ass so hard like breaks his arm Ugh. like leaves bruises all over his face then he rips off Donatello's mask and ties it to his arm like a trophy <laughs> nice then he grabs Michelangelo and beats the shit out of him alright busts him up takes his mask off ties it onto his arm just next to Donatello's and then Raphael's like holy shit what are you doing <laughs> He's like, we don't need these guys. Just me and you, Raph. And uh, so Raphael's like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. So Raphael fights him. And and Slash is like, dude, I don't want to fight you. And he's like, well, we got to fight because this is awesome. Mm. And uh, it Slash just beats the shit out of Raphael. All right. <laughs> I mean, so the Donatello can't walk. 
Like they, they 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 put him in a, they put his one arm in a sling and he can't walk without his bow staff as a crutch and his shoulder over one of the other turtles. Michelangelo's all beat the shit out of him. Uh, Leonardo finally shows up and like kicks Slash and and then Slash starts pounding on Leonardo and he's like, oh, I can't tell you how long I've been waiting to do this because Raphael's <laughs> always bitching uh-huh. to his little pet turtle about it. I was like, this is so awesome, man. So, you know, I, I won't spoil everything that happens. That's Although, awesome. Um, but I mean, uh, it ends and he's going to be back in more episodes. Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, uh, like just looking at the guy, he looks like uh, Superman's greatest foe, uh, Doomsday. Yeah. Like it looks really cool. And now here's the nerd nugget that all of us nerds appreciate. Slash is voiced by Corey Feldman. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Bam, baby. The original voice of Donatello in the, in the first Ninja Turtles movie and the third one, if you're really counting. Mm-hmm. What an awesome nerd nugget. They bring Corey Feldman back, and now he's voicing Slash. And Corey Feldman, he can do, like, a cheesy, low-pitched voice if he wants to. Okay. So, it actually, it took me a couple minutes before I even realized it. Cool. I was like, fuck, it's Corey Feldman. And then, of course, the other nerd nugget is Raphael is actually voiced by Sean Astin. Right. So, you've got a Goonies uh, mini reunion going on in this episode. you got Mouth and Mikey. (laughs) <laughs> together and then fight. Well, Sean, Sean Aston, he's got nothing better to do because Sam Gamgee does not appear in The Hobbit. Right. But, I mean, he's doing pretty, he's pretty good as Raphael, as the voice. Like, I, I don't have a problem with any of these people except for Donatello's a racist. <laughs> <laughs> Every but, time uh, I hear the voice, I'm just like, well, there he is. Not, not, not that I'm like, oh, racist. No, I'm just like, yeah. it, it, his, his voice always pulls me out of it. Hmm. You know, it's like, it's like Cam Clark. I'm like, well, clearly it's Cam Clark again. Yeah. Hello, Cam Clark. My old friend. Well, it's just like the guy—the guy who voices Splinter is, or sorry, the guy who voices Shredder is Kevin Michael Richardson. Oh, there you go. Who does the same damn voice in everything? Yeah, including Panther on that Thundercats reboot. I mean, like you know, sometimes that's okay. It's like, all right, you know, you get known for like that one thing, but like as a fan, once you know these guys, you're just like, God, you know. Hell, I his wish... voice again, like Spike from Cowboy Bebop again. I mean, I wish I had that voice. I'm trying not to hate here because mm-hmm. if I had a voice that was so good that people were like you could just do the same damn voice over and over again, I was like, fuck yeah, yeah, give it to me, baby. Um, yeah. But that was so cool. Like Slash is a tough motherfucker in this in this one, and I like that Corey Feldman voices him. I'm telling you guys, it is not too late to get on the Ninja Turtle bandwagon. Start with season one; it's really good. I, I might do that once I finish with this uh, the other series. Did I tell you I started watching a new anime? Well, we could talk about the new anime, but I know you wanted to do the core retrospective. Oh, that's right. Dude, thanks you so much for reminding me. All right, You're next welcome. Time. So, yeah, dude, we're... we're so last last week, we had, we promised you this core retrospective for season season two. Yep. Uh, but, like, we were just, like, we had, like, two hours of sleep. It was early in the morning. We had to, like, record really quickly in this hotel room. And then and then we actually had to clean up and get out by 10 a.m. Yeah, they are like, housekeeping, you done with podcast? Exactly. We're just, <laughs> so we had to, like, scram out of there, and we were just super tired. So, Legend of Korra, season two. Uh, out of nowhere, Nickelodeon dropped the last four episodes, which is usually, like... Uh, thank goodness there's all this like news about them, them recording like book book three and book four mm-hmm. uh, right now because that's usually when like a series gets like pulled yeah it's like you know you don't see them for a long time and then all of a sudden they just like bleh, barf up the last episodes online which Nickelodeon did mm-hmm. so the season ended and it's been a couple weeks so let's just spoil it like crazy yeah so we're talking about Korra season two so if you don't want to hear what happens then Get the fuck out. That's right. So, the so book two, spirits. It's all about spirits. Spirit, spirit, spirits. Spirit world, uh, fusing with spirits, uh, origin of spirits, and then ending with spirits. Yeah, and I feel like Cora. All the books should be renamed. Question the authority. Yeah, I know. <laughs> because she's a teenager, and all the adults are evil. Don't or stupid. Don't ever trust them. All right, and and Korra is, is is in like the dumb center of it all, being like, "I'm just a teenager. I don't know if I'm making the right decisions, guys. There's nobody to really like guide me. All my mentors turn out to be like evil." And now there's uh, really no one to guide her because all her spirits have been cleaned out of the hardware. Yeah, exactly. So so it ends with <laughs> a giant kaiju battle in the harbor of Republic City, where the evil avatar um, Unalak. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's her her evil uncle? Go figure, an evil uncle. Yep. Um, 
as fused with the dark spirit, and she's fused with the rebounded spirit of light, and they slug it out. Yeah. And honestly, I felt like there could have been way more of that. I, it was it was very much like a run in in wrestling where like you know like the good the team good is getting housed by like the evil heel, and then suddenly like all of a sudden there's a sick pop, and here comes Cora, and she's like super jazz, and bam, hit you there, and boom, hit you there, and then all of a sudden she goes down and stays down. Uh, I thought it was cool. I mean, you know, the, all the spirit stuff was... I, I was glad they took it out of the spirit world mm-hmm. to finally fight. Because, you know, they, I, I'd seen enough of the spirit world at that point. So, it was cool. It, was, I mean, it, I, had, to be, it had to be big. So I, I feel like this whole... like like It's almost like the series got rebooted. Because at the end of the series, season, uh, Korra decides, Hey, you know what? Let's just let the spirits uh, hang out in the real world. Why not? Uh, so, like, the entire world has changed. There's spirits everywhere. Uh, she can't connect currently with all of her past lives. So, her, like, so everything that you thought you knew about the Avatar has changed. And she's totally connected with her spiritual side. So, like, the beginning of season two, she couldn't, like, she didn't know anything about spirits at all. And now she's just, like, the spirit master. Yeah, but she, yeah, but yeah, like you said, she lost all her avatar knowledge. It's kind of like the the Autobot Matrix of leadership has been opened up and cleared out. Mm-hmm. It's basically what it was, the Matrix. But, but I feel like it's not like a huge loss. I mean, maybe she could have used that later. But like through the whole uh, both seasons that we've seen, like season one, she didn't figure out that her past lives are trying to contact her mm-hmm. until the very last moment of the last episode. And then season two, she didn't really utilize that at all, except to gain her memory back. She kind of like, uh, like showed us the origin story of uh, the first Avatar, which was awesome. Yeah. So I guess I mean, if she wants the, you know, if she wants advice from Aang, she can just watch the Last Airbender on DVD. Exactly. So, but the other ones are lost forever, and there were some pretty cool looking ones when they were being deleted. Mm-hmm. They look pretty neat, but we, you know, that's all we'll ever get to see of them, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and, and people have said this, and I kind of agree, like, once they showed us that the first Avatar was basically Aladdin, I was <laughs> like, I just want to see more of him. <laughs> right, yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> I was like, you know, you know, I, I enjoy Korra, and, you know, there'll always be, like, a time and a place, but, like, after book four, reboot it and have us, uh, I want to see more of, like, the first Avatar. You well, know, we, like, he goes on many adventures. And we know he dies on a battlefield. <laughs> exactly, so it's like, they kind of teased us a little bit. With that mm-hmm. first Avatar, you know, and like he was awesome, you know, yeah. he's like this poor little street rat, and then he steals the power of fire from a turtle. Yeah, yeah, like the big turtle from Never Ending Story. Exactly, except way cool. Instead of like sneezing on him, he's like, "I'm just gonna give you the power of fire." <laughs> and uh, if, if if you hear a, a screaming, wailing child uh, in the background, it's because <laughs> our. Uh, I'm, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ignore uh, <laughs> ignore that. No, you should too. It's it because sounds, our, are you torturing your child? <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm a, I'm a terrible parent. No, and, no, no. Uh, that's what it always about, sounds like. Whenever yeah, no. kids are mad, it sounds like you're killing them. No, it's it's just that he has to learn how to sleep on his own, and for yeah. whatever reason, he's having trouble this morning. And I record at home. You just gotta use the wrestling move. Put him in the sleeper hold. That's what I was doing, but then he's like, "No, now I need to be pinned before uh, before I go to sleep, and uh, we can't have that." So. Put him in, put him in Sergeant Slaughter's Cobra Clutch hold. I would, uh, but then he'd be like, then he'd be like, "Ah, oh, Cobra Clutch me every time I need to sleep." So yeah, choke me out. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so uh, so so he's crying, you know, but it's perfectly normal. Babies cry. He's fed. He's diaper changed. Nothing's hurting him, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. On the whole, I enjoyed Cora again. Um, uh, you you know you gotta love their little band of misfits, uh, especially. I mean, what did you think about uh, uh, what's his face uh, becoming uh, a movie star? Oh, um, what is his name? Uh, Bolin. Bolin, oh, yeah. Dude. Bolin becoming movie star was so hilarious and awesome. It was like it was the best. You know, the first season it was all about Korra, 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 and the bad guys were kind of dumb and the good guys were kind of dumb. Um, but there were sports. Uh, this season it was it was all about Bolin. Like like screw Mako, you know the the love interest thing didn't even like last that long. They were just right. like, hey, look at this awesome guy Bolin. First he's like a struggling sports star. Then he falls in with Varric, who's like the best. The like he's like the Tony Stark, uh, like steampunk. Yep. And then he becomes a movie star, and then he breaks out of that and like whoops butt in the end. 
I mean, it, it, he's like the star of the show right now, in my in my opinion. And he had that that running plot where the uh, the one waterbender, uh, yeah. chick, the one chick wanted to marry him and make him a slave, which was hilarious too. Oh, it was great! And then he he even like brought that up in the end, like um, you know, he he used that to his advantage to uh, to force her to uh, to free him so they could go save the day. Yeah, he was the real star of this season, I think. He's awesome, and like. I was really rooting for him when he when he turned the tables and saved the presidents uh, from kidnapping in the end, ripping his tuxedo and like becoming like like the real hero that he was represented as on screen. That was awesome. That was probably the highlight as he was saving people in real life while his movie was happening in the background, and they were like basically the same thing was happening simultaneously. It was, was really great. funny. It was great, and it was like you know what a difference between like season one where he was just the butt of every joke. Now he was the butt of every joke, but then he really came through in the end. So yeah, they can go ahead and kill Mako anytime. I know he's he's you know the love triangles are finally over. Looks like they they finally dumped each other. Good, just move on with your life, please. Exactly. It's just like all right, go back to dating the um the the hot chick who was really into you, yep. and uh, now he's a police detective. So uh, we can just forget it. Uh, we could be like, all right, he's over there doing his own thing. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Tenzin, I mean, Tenzin, you, you, he's supposed to be like this higher power, and then you realize that he's just an idiot, and he finally came to grips with that, and I feel like he got a little <laughs> bit of closure himself. I know. It's just He's like, wow, I'm really just an idiot who can't do anything right. Yeah, I oh. can just I can airbend my farts, but that's it. <laughs> it's like, the only thing I'm good for is knocking up uh, someone and uh, making better avatar or airbenders that come after me. Can you imagine if you could airbend your farts? <laughs> you fart and you just like, you know, you start moving your arms and legs around and go, and just blow it and like a stream right up somebody's <laughs> nose. Like, ah, I'd fucking choke them out with it. I would Wait. airbend my farts all the time. That that totally happened at the end of season one, where the little boy airbender uh, farted a few times and knocked some dudes out. Oh my god, I would airbend, like, you know, you'd be sitting on the subway and you just airbend and you'd like skip over five people and right into the sixth person's <laughs> face, so they wouldn't even know it was you. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Or you, air, really or you cool. use your airbending powers to like gently nudge a hot chick to fall into you. And you're like, oh, so sorry. <laughs> There are many, many awesome things you could do as like uh, with with your air powers. Now, of course, if you could water bend, you go into a public restroom and everyone's taking a shit, and then you water bend the water straight out of the toilet all over them. You just do, you do like you like stomp your foot on the ground and like punch your one hand up in the air, and all the water comes shooting straight out of the toilets and like launches you in the air. You like a big shitty mess, and then you just walk uh. out of the you walk out of the bathroom like tee hee. Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be awesome. However, you know, um, water bending is always dependent on like having water nearby. You know, I think like or earth bending, same thing. Like, um, uh, we, we, I haven't really gone back to to watch it yet. But like, and season in in the first Avatar series, they they imprison a bunch of earthbenders by putting them on a metal ship and sailing it out into the ocean. Mm. So, dude, you're totally powerless. You don't have any earth to bend out there. Uh, so I feel like firebending has to be the best because you could just like badoosh fire out of like nowhere, you know, right. like Mako was doing it in the middle of like a blizzard. Waterbending's weird though because like the one time I saw this, the one woman she like uncorked the smallest, smallest canteen ever, mm-hmm. and it's like basically like you know a tiny bit of water came out of it, but then you can just take that water and expand it and make it into a tidal wave. That yeah, that was a little like uh, I think it's like some artistic license there. Uh, it's like basically you could just like you know spit into the air and then water bend it into a huge wave and crush someone. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I felt that way too. I'm just like, where is that? Is there like a hose that's attached to that somewhere? Is she like wearing one of those things where like you can sneak in like wine or something into like a sports game? You know, is she having like one of those like 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 bras that has like the water attachment? It just seemed like as long as you got a little bit of water, you can then expand it and to do whatever you want with it or something. I don't know. I like if you're a waterbender, you're never without water, man. You just gotta take a piss. Exactly. Boom! I just like I would just walk around like with no pants on and just bend that right at people. They would exactly. just be Dude, running. Why have Why have we not seen that yet? You know yeah. what I mean? You're like never some, without water. Some somebody has to like do that to escape and then just kind of like uh, like somebody's be like, hey. How'd you escape? There's no water in there, and it has to be like a real awkward scene where they kind of dance around that they pee their way out. And you could freeze it too, so it's like I would freeze you in a wall of my urine. 
Ugh. Like, not only you're frozen there, but as it starts to melt, you're going to be pissed off. Nasty. But, dude, on, on the flip side of that, for whatever reason, firebenders can, like, lightning powers, you know what I mean? So that's just the best. I mean, like, fire and lightning, that's just, like, a double whammy. And then some of those earthbenders have taught themselves how to metal bend. Right, and you know, all right, all right, I could see that. That's also kind of cool, but like fire and lightning, dude. Yeah. Like at one point, Mako gets a job acting as a human generator in a power plant, just like zapping this thing, boring, over and over again with his lightning powers. Yeah, those are pretty awesome. I mean, yeah, I got nothing. That's I'm, cool. I'm just surprised he doesn't use it like all the time. Like, all right, waterbenders, just zap them with the lightning, man. Mm, that's you know what I mean? true. You would think that would be the ultimate rock, paper, scissors move is lightning the water people. Exactly. It's just like, all right, you got, you got your water, bam, lightning, because it moves at the speed of light, yeah. right? And then, you know, it's like, all right, so waterbenders can ice bend, I guess, but, like, you still got lightning powers. Hmm. So I, I feel like, all right, so if they make, like, an ice shield, then the light lightning wouldn't get through, but then they'd have to use, like, fire against it. So, you know, maybe it's, like, a little bit equal. Yeah. Well, overall, I like Season 2. Um, not as much as I like Season 1, but I'm um, right. still pumped for Season 3, whatever that's going to be. I know. I know. You know, um, uh, the, the main actress, uh, Janet Varney, was just on Reddit answering questions, and she's talking about how, like, she... She's really pumped, and you know they they've done all these recordings. And they're working on it right now, and from the from Comic Con, it seemed like they like they've all been attached to this process, you know, for years. Yeah, years. And now it's finally coming out, and they're finally getting to see like all their hard work. Mm-hmm. I just think that's that's just like crazy. Like you know, a show comes out, and you're like, yeah, you can kind of judge it on its merits, but like somebody's been working on that show for years before you even see it. Mm-hmm. It's awesome, man. You gotta love it. And then we watch it, and it's over that fast. I know. It's just like, haha, all that artwork that you did is over in half a second. Yes, but it was good. Yeah. Well, I got one last Thunder Dump, and it kind of ties into Christmas. Oh? <laughs> and uh, this is a total selfish one, but um, technically, we're recording this on December 1st, and you'll hear it uh, possibly on December 2nd, which is Monday, which is Cyber Monday. <laughs> So, Which, if, if uh, poorly named, if only they remembered the original definition of cybering. Right. Uh, that that uh, in the late 90s, it was like, if you were cybering online, it didn't mean you were uh, shopping. Right. Well, in the spirit of Cyber Monday, uh, my my uh, the Kindle version of my book, Shark Nights, is going to be dropped from $4.99 down to $1.99. Oh, damn. So for the week of Monday, December 2nd, until Monday, December 9th, you can buy the book for $1.99 on your Kindle. And um, So it's a great deal. If you were looking to jump on board my Epic Superhero Quest, mm. uh, $1.99 for the price of two candy bars, you can enjoy... <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy my book. I would say I would say less than less than a decent cup of coffee at a Starbucks. Yes. It will take you, you know, or it's the same amount to rent like a movie from Redbox basically, except that movie's going to be over in 2 hours and this book will take you like a a week to read. Exactly. Way more entertainment there, so. So, awesome. That's a great Cyber Monday deal. Yeah, $1.99 for the Kindle version. Shark Nights. That's more than half off. Yeah, 60% off. <laughs> awesome. 60%. I did the math. So, so uh, <laughs> this isn't a thunder up, but just a plug. Uh, stay tuned, Maniacs. It's going to be a contest next week. It's going to be Christmas-related, and there's going to be a lot of prizes getting doled out. Sweet. Because basically, basically, I took a look at my uh, my bookshelf the other day. Mm-hmm. Our, our book slash comic shelf and I was like you know I could stand to get rid of X, Y, and Z and that's mm. the best when I have something to get rid of and the maniacs are like yes that sounds awesome I will take it So uh, as long ready. as it's not uh, Final Fantasy 8 uh, strategy guides <laughs> dude I, I, I think I still have the map for Final Fantasy 8 lying around somewhere I really yeah. like maps mm. but um, what a terrible game I played, yeah. I played through like the entire way the all final right, boss was insanely uh, hard. We don't need to get I, back into this. <laughs> uh, sorry, I could just go and go. We didn't no. even talk about, like, Fei Wong's, you know, eyes on me nonsense. The whole time traveling, like, Laguna versus Squall and why they needed to even include that character in the game. It's just... All right. 
For for more hate, contact us on jumpinpodcast.com, <laughs> yes. our Facebook or Twitter, uh, Stitcher Radio, RetroWareTV.com, ElderGeek.com, and RageQuitCast.com. Their first month is done, and they're the hot new website that everyone's talking about. So jump on that shit. I just can't believe uh, he shared how many uniques he got online for the first month. Yep. Like over 25,000. It was 30,000, I think, right? Oh, it's just crazy number. Yeah. Blowing up. You got to hit that website. It's pretty much, if you love video games, that's the video game website you want to be on. Not just because we're on it. That's just a nice bonus. But this website is legit. Totally, totally. And, dude, I've, I've started to make more Minecraft videos. Nice. So that's on there, too. Yeah. Well, hopefully. I mean, I, I just applied. Okay. But like, I, I made one last night, kind of showcasing my uh, my survival mode, the uh, my uh, offline world a little mm-hmm. bit, and then I made two more this morning. But the kid was just crying through them, so I had to yeah. delete them. Yeah, just like, oh, nobody wants to hear that. No children were harmed during the making of my Minecraft video. Exactly, but I still oh. feel bad. Yeah. Anyway, so dude, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. That's how we roll. Jump now, engage. Stand, one shall fall.